Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Batman by the Numbers podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Cohen. No Alex Marcus today. You know, last time Alex was at a Mr. Freeze costume gala. Uh, This month, he's actually at a Dark Knight Rises Bane costume gala. Uh, Yep, I'm just going to keep going with this mediocre to bad joke. Uh, And speaking of people who can appreciate running a joke into the ground, joining me once again the Razal Ghoul of the Pop Break. He is the editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. My good friend, Bill Bakken. Bill, say hello. Well, hello there, Daniel. As I am now Razal Ghoul. That's uh, you've, you've upgraded me over the years. Yes, the Liam Neeson Razal Ghoul. All right, well, we have a topic near and dear to my heart this month. Uh, we are basically combining my two favorite things. Uh, at the time we record this, Bill, the Academy Awards are a day away. But at the time you all hear this... They will be in the rearview mirror. Uh, congrats to Top Gun Maverick for winning Best Picture. Uh, no, that totally did not happen. Uh, I'm pretty safe in assuming that everything, everywhere, all at once won. And, uh, and if it didn't, you know, Alex can just do some editing to my voice. You know, it can be one of those, like, old movie phone things. And congrats to Avatar, The Way of Water, for winning Best Picture. Uh, anyway, all right. So, you know, Bill, once upon a time, you know, years ago... We used to do, you know, nine-hour Oscar podcasts, which were basically oh, just me rambling about Christopher Nolan never winning anything. So, yeah, you know, a, topic, a, a topic we'll probably get into. Uh, so we decided as, instead yes. of so people don't know, we decided like Matt and Marissa do the way too early Oscar podcast, which they do an episode per day essentially. We decided to do all of that and record it like I think the week before or like a couple days before the Oscars. And it was like a three and a half to four hour podcast. Like you, we would have to block a whole day off just to do it. Definitely, definitely not the format you want. But uh, yeah, those those were epic to say the least. Uh, but as this is a Batman podcast, um, thought it'd be really, thought it'd be fun do a little Batman at the Oscars history. Um, Batman has had a very solid showing at the Oscars throughout its history. But as we all know, Bill it should have been better. And that's where we're going to start. We have to start with this. Yes, it's a topic that has been talked about ad nauseum, but I don't care. It is something that will forever always be brought up at Oscar time. And that is, of course, The Dark Knight, one of the greatest movies ever made, movie that currently has a nine on IMDb, getting infamously snubbed for Best Picture, along with Nolan not getting a Best Director nomination and the screenplay not getting nominated as well. And so, Bill, I will pose this first question to you. Do you remember where you were, how you reacted when you found out that The Dark Knight had been snubbed for Best Picture? Remind me of the year. Uh, So it would have been early 2009, of course, honoring the 2008 film. So around January. So I was likely in my apartment down the Jersey Shore in Seagirt, New Jersey. And I remember there was a there was a huge uproar. This is really before Twitter was was overly popular, but there was. The IMDb message boards were, were red hot at the time. But no, I uh, jokes aside, I it was it was it wasn't it wasn't wasn't surprising because it was surprising because of just how well received this film was, not just as at the box office, not just critically, but it was a cultural moment. It really was. This was the movie everyone saw and everyone loved. And Heath Ledger 
was a shoe in to win best supporting actor. So you'd think everyone would be like, oh, well, obviously the, you know, the Dark Knight is going to get nominated. But it, it, it definitely didn't, man. And it was it still boggles my mind um, how that didn't happen. And if you look at what was nominated for Best Picture that year, Slumdog Millionaire, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, Frost Nixon, Milk, and The Reader. And I remember I was even more pissed that year because The Wrestler was not nominated. And I think that really, like those two movies, like, and I've seen all of those movies, like the running joke on the site is Bill does not watch movies anymore once i had a kid i stopped watching the best picture movies and i didn't i think i saw avatar and wakanda forever this year so that's like a, a record for me but i saw all those movies and i still don't understand how the dark knight didn't get in there it's still to this day is one of these great like really like and when we look back on these movies like and we'll see this with other oscar winners like how the social network didn't win for example leading to your first piece for pop break ever, which was the King's speech. I hate it. And it, but it's going to win. We look back on like what a cult, like a movie that meant so much to the culture of, of film and comic books and everything, the dark Knight, And much like we look at the social network and they were both not awarded. And it was movies like that. We don't ever go back to that have one. Before I get into the dark Knight, just very quickly on the wrestler. I'm with you. That was my second favorite movie of that year. Um, incredible film, Darren Aronofsky's best film. But that was, but honestly, like, you know, with The Wrestlers, like, you know, hey, kind of expected it's probably not going to get nominated, but great film. But getting back to The Dark Knight, you know, you were saying, like, I was surprised, not surprised. I was shocked. And I remember I was at work. Um, it was one of my, you know, earliest jobs post-college. And this was like, this was before I knew Oscar nominations were announced at like 530 in the morning Pacific time. Uh, but this was one I, I I've always been really into the Oscars, but sure. this was really the first year where I was really, really, really invested. And it was like the first time that I was following precursor awards and really analyzed prognosticators. I, I was emotionally invested in this. I wanted this to happen for the Dark Knight so badly. And again, to go back to what was nominated that year, I remember this year very well. It was it was expected that the four movies that were locks and we're going to get in Slumdog Millionaire, Milk, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button and Frost Nixon, like those are all going to happen in the end. Everyone knew that. But that fifth slot was supposed to go to The Dark Knight. It got the PGA. No one got the DGA. It got the Writers Guild nomination. It got all the precursors you were supposed to get. Now, it wasn't now when the reader got nominated, it wasn't like totally out of left field. It did loom a little bit. It did get a BAFTA nom and it did get the Globe nom, but still everyone was like, yeah, whatever. The Dark Knight is getting in. It was going to get that fifth slot. So back to when I was logging in, I was so excited. I was going to read The Dark Knight nominated for Best Picture. I'd been looking forward to this for like a month. Um, and I checked. I saw that it was got snubbed for Best Picture. I saw no one got snubbed for Best Director. I saw it got snubbed for Screenplay. And I almost... Like, I almost threw up. It was just pure anger. I literally had to get up and walk out of my office and go outside. Like, if I had been, like, if I was running for the pop break at that time, I mean, it would have been a rant-fused article, like, you know, you wouldn't believe. But honestly, then after this, the, the anger just kind of went away, and I was just distraught. Like, I was really into it. I really wanted it to happen. I will say this, though. It did, this did kind of change how I 
sort of looked at movies in this way in that it really did force me to see like all of the movies that get nominated for best picture like from that day forward i did make a point of all right i want to go see everything that gets nominated because i want to be fair and because i do like sometimes i can't stand people who just want to complain and complain and complain and complain about snobs but you know they don't actually see the movies and so I was like, all right, I'm going to go actually watch the reader. Like, let's actually go see I the reader too. and see what this is about. Um, and like, what it was like, whatever. And I remember walking out being like, well, Kate Winslet was great. She should win. But like, I'm like, whatever. Like, really, this is like, this is getting nominated over the Dark Knight. Um, and it also like very famously, one of and one of my favorite Oscar hosts, Hugh Jackman, if you remember this year, it was like, he had a great opening number this oh, year. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. I was watching it before we recorded this and the, the classic like, uh, I haven't seen the reader. I haven't seen the re like it was perfect. He was doing all the bits from all the best picture nominees and basically just made a joke about how nobody saw this movie and literally like it was just him singing i haven't seen the reader and there were just like backup dancers and just like generic like futuristic like gray jumpsuits just being like yeah we haven't seen the reader um and look i like the reader's like whatever it's just it's not this isn't about the reader it's just about the fact that the dark knight should have been nominated but look at the end of the day the I, I could take solace in the fact that you know people were just as upset as i was as you've already alluded to this as well and that is that is what really the legacy of the Dark Knight is, aside from really changing comic book movies and all that. It literally changed the Oscars. And of course, after this, we all know that the Oscars expanded to, to 10 Best Picture nominees after this. So, Bill, when that happened, what did you think about that? What did you think about them actually expanding the field to 10 because of this? I, it was the right move. I, I think it's the right move on many fronts because... For example, like I just mentioned for the year before, like there's no reason the wrestler should not have been nominated for best picture. There's no reason the Dark Knight could have been nominated for best picture. Like, um, and you know, there's other films that are out there. There was a great uh, movie called Frozen River with Melissa Leo. I really love that movie. Or Rachel Getting Married, uh, starring Anne Hathaway. Both movies that are wildly critically acclaimed. And had they been released within the 2009 to 2023 realm with this sliding scale, which of course we know it's been changed to more of a sliding scale. Um, I think those films probably would have got nominated. Maybe frozen river might not have made the cut, but I think Rachel getting married and the wrestler and the dark Knight would have easily been uh, nominated for best picture. So I think there's like, we look at them now and I think some years we see it's like, well, it's a little bit of a stretch, but if we even go to 2023, like we can't deny like, Avatar Way of Water was like, it's one of the biggest movies of the year. It was well received critically. I mean, is it the great, is it the best picture of the year? Not one of my no. favorites, but I under, but it's, it's solid. Is it's served. It's yes. a huge production and you have to like, you're and Top Gun Maverick. Isn't that up for best picture? Sure is. Exactly. And I mean, I didn't see Top Gun Maverick, but I'm just saying like, oh. I know people love it. And I, it's just, it's just, I'll get to it. I haven't seen everything everywhere all at once either. So it's like, it's, oh. I mean, it's been a it's been a year. I had to watch all of Marvel within it's been eleven months uh, for another podcast. But my thing is like, um, like it's awarding and it gives more of this realm. It allows big popcorn movies, like in air quotes, but also smaller independent films get nominated, whereas they would be shut out. It would just and if you look at the year the Dark Knight was in there, look at who the producers were. Why did the reader get nominated? Who are the producers? Anthony Magalna and uh, whose name I. I uh, just butchered and Sidney Pollock. I mean, those are two heavyweight names 
Absolutely. in Hollywood. Not Christopher and Christopher Nolan compared to them is not at the time. So it's like, yeah, you're, people are just going to be like, ah, I didn't see the reader, but it's it's Tony and Sydney. I'm going to nominate their movie type deal. And it's Kate Winslet had had all the prestige. So that's why I got the nomination. You know, the other ones, it's Ron Howard. It's Sean Penn. You know, it's David uh, Fincher. It's uh, Danny Boyle. You know, it's it's yeah. all these names that have some sort of resonance. And I think that's it doesn't allow for that now. Well, I mean, it still does. But I mean, like there's more room for other movies to get nominated. My, my answer to the reaction is might surprise you a little bit. Um, when they announced that they were expanding to 10, um, I, it actually made me a little angrier, to be honest with you. And I'm going to tell you why is I and I hate to use this phrase because it's such a cliche phrase and it's it's really overused. But it did feel like a little participation ribbon kind of feeling in that, sure. you know, like, yeah, let's just, you know, oh, yeah, OK, let's just satisfy everyone. We'll expand it to 10 and we'll, you know, we'll get, you know, the the District 9s in there, which was nominated the following year, which is a movie that, you know, probably wouldn't have been nominated. So in that sense, like, yeah, it's great to see, you know, a movie like that nominated for Best Picture. But at the same time, like it didn't didn't feel as special to me you know like and again then the following year you know when inception got in you know maybe that gets in with the five maybe it doesn't though but if a movie like inception had got in with jets five like that would have felt really really awesome like it really really earned its spot here's what i will say though so for people who don't know that in the two years following the dark knight they just did 10 movies that got that would get nominated for best picture now after the 20 after the 2010 movies which would have been the 2011 oscars they actually changed it again where it was still an expanded field and i don't remember what all the specific rules are but at the end of the day you had to basically get a certain percentage of first place votes or something to like get into the race and so it could be between like five and ten or something like that so you would see years where maybe seven movies get nominated or eight movies get nominated now that to me that was a great compromise i loved that because it expands the field, but you also really earn your spot, which is why when Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture, that was a real special moment. It was the first superhero movie ever to get nominated, but it also felt like it really, like it really, really earned it. Um, I agree. And so, I agree. and so, and then now the last year, then they now they changed it again, and so the last year where it was this sort of like uh, percentage of first place votes, the last year I believe was the Nomadland year, so a couple years ago. So last year was actually the first year where they went back to now we'll just do 10 again um and so what i will say about that is so i was a little you know i'm, I'm actually more understanding of it now and i'm fine with it just expanding just do a flat 10 that's fine um because i will say this like uh it's very possible the last year a movie like coda might have been like a fringe movie that doesn't get in if yeah, you exactly. have like sort of like certain percentage of votes or something but then here's the thing it does get in because there were 10 and it was able to gain momentum, which is really cool. And then it ended up winning. So I'm actually okay with the current system now. Um, but that's, but again, to boil this all down, you know, that is the Dark Knight's legacy. Is that hey, it didn't get a Best Picture nomination, but it changed the literally changed the game and it changed the way the Oscars, you know, do all their voting and stuff. So in that sense, it's it's you know, it's a it's a cool legacy. But again. It would, it would be nice to, you know, log into INDB, click on the Dark Knight's name and see nominated for Best Picture. But it didn't happen. But yeah, he, here's but it's, it's the next best thing. You know, there's like it's just I, an yeah, honor yeah. to be nominated. But think of what an honor it is to have changed everything. Just the way everything great, happens. It's a great point. 
You know, it's if I'm Nolan, I'm just like, well, maybe I didn't win, but I changed the way yep. the, the I changed the academy, which is not yep. an easy thing to do. Right. You're right. And it's like, hey, is there an official record book saying like the Dark Knight was officially the reason why we changed? No, but everybody knows it. Everybody it's knows it. Every time it's talked up, you know, it's it's that always gets mentioned. Um, but continuing with our Batman Oscars conversation. So now let's get into uh, some of these Batman movies that uh, he get nominated for some Oscars. And like I said, the movies have had a pretty good history. Well, I'm just going to hit you with some very, very quick stats. Um, I'm going to leave the Joker out of this for a little bit. But so basically, when we look at Batman movies, all right, we've got 18 nominations in total from Batman movies, three wins. Now, you might say, like, oh, not a great percentage, but that's actually, I think, pretty solid for like a comic book movie, especially when you're talking about movies that were released in like the late 80s, like kind of early mid 90s, when like really no one was paying attention to comic book movies as, you know, prestige movies. So I think 18 overall nominations and three wins overall is, is, is okay. Um, but let's start with a little yeah, movie. Yeah, but compare, compare yes. that to James yes. Bond, apparently. You know, James Bond doesn't have a ton of nominations and wins. So, I mean, think gotta, about that. I've got to think it has a lot of song nominations. But, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. I mean, so that's that's a big difference. And and they it has something that most of these franchises don't have. It has an acting win. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And we will definitely get to that a little bit later. But... I do want to start with a little movie called Batman 89, as it's known. Uh, so this is the first Batman movie to get Oscar nominations. Um, it only got one, but it did win it. Uh, but no, no score nomination. That's ridiculous. Uh, no, no Prince songs were nominated for best original song. What are you going to do? Uh, but like I said, one nominee, but one win. It won best art direction, set direction, which, of course, we basically know now is best production design. Um, won by Anton First and Peter Young. Um, by the way, I'm going to read you the other nominees in this category. I've seen four of these. Uh, of course, Batman, which won. Glory, The Abyss. Definitely understandable why that would be nominated for something like this. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy was nominated for this, uh, which also won Best Picture that year. Uh, and then also the movie that I did not see that I had never heard of until I looked at these nominees is a movie called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. And I was like, what is that? And then I clicked on it. I was like, oh, it was directed by Terry Gilliam. So I can understand why that would be nominated for an award like this. But sure. Batman was victorious. Bill, t talk some art direction. Your thoughts on Batman's victory here. Well, I mean, at the time, I mean, if we like it, it was a little surprising to see how maybe Abyss. I mean, Abyss probably would have gotten more of the visual nominations, like not production design, but more of the you know effects. I could see that winning there did it win i don't know i didn't do that research but it probably did um glory is the one i'm a little surprised didn't win because like what i mean first off what a movie and and there's so much that has to go into the i was like they you know they have all the costumes they have this and that but a lot of it's out in the middle of the field you know what i mean it's like they're, they're out in the they're out in nature and outside of the 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 end where they're at the uh, the fort and there's the siege uh which i'm not spoiling anything um that would be the big production set piece, but Batman is just, it's all production design. It's all art. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing, I mean, again, we didn't have this type of movie that we're so used to these days where it's like, oh, of course, it's a comic book movie. This felt like a classic comic book sprung to life. And it was also the antithesis of the 1960s one, which was kind of goofy. This had like a whole different vibe, but still had like, that air of being ripped from the pages of a comic book, which really hadn't been done 
So I could see why Batman 89, especially, you know, that's like Tim Burton in his prime, too, of his 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 artistic vision. So it makes all the sense in the world to me. Like, that's not a shocker that that won. By the way, just very quickly, The Abyss did, in fact, win Best Visual Effects that year. As I just have. looked it up. As um, it should when it comes when it comes to this movie, we, we t- I, I talked a lot about this in our pilot episode, actually, when we were ranking all the Batman movies and like literally the look of the film and the sets are like a main reason why this movie really sticks out. It is it is majestic and grimy all at the same time. That first shot of Gotham City, when the tagline of Gotham City comes up on the screen is glorious. I've talked about this shot ad nauseum in the history of the short history throughout this podcast. But when the Batwing is flying into Gotham City, I mean, it is literally like out of a painting or a comic book. It is so epic. Um, just the forest setting when the Batmobile is driving through the forest, very iconic looking set. Um, yeah, it's glorious. And Batman, you know, Batman Returns also had really, really good production design as well. Not nominated there. We'll get to Batman Returns in a little bit, but it does go back to the original movie. And it's, it is the look of this film in the sets is a big part of why this movie holds such a, such a special place in my heart. And as you said, Bill, it's vintage Tim Burton. And this also, this also started a great run of really, really good-looking comic book movies, because next year we get Dick Tracy, yes. which also won this award. <laughs> and Dick Tracy, like, I'll just tell you right now, and I, I really, people can say, oh, you're being hyperbolic. Like, the art direction and the way that movie looks in the sets is one of the best I've ever seen in a motion picture. You want to talk about a comic book look? That is that is a comic book look. It is absolutely pristine, the way that Dick Tracy looked. Um, but yeah, so... Batman winning art direction, great call, great win. And then we also, we will stay within Batman 89. We got to talk about Jack Nicholson. So I wanted to talk about this because, so Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Um, I want to ask you, do you think his performance would net an Oscar nomination today? And before you answer that, I want to give you a little background here. So Jack Nicholson, not nominated here, of course. He did, however, he was nominated for a Golden Globe and he was nominated for a BAFTA for Batman. So you know, he was in the mix, so he was he might have been very close. But do you think this type of Joker performance, do you think this type of Nicholson performance would net an Oscar nomination in today's landscape? OK, I was going to say, like, yeah, there was no way he was winning in 89 because that was Denzel in in glory. Well, I know not. There he was wasn't going to win. Never going to win that. Nominate. But right. You know, could he have? OK, so we're going to presuppose that Heath Ledger's Joker didn't exist. And it's just Nicholson for the first time? Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, yeah, because I'm like, no, he wouldn't have, because we would all measure it up to Heath Ledger and be like, nope. Uh, no, besides, then we'll, we'll get to Joaquin Phoenix later, but go ahead and continue. One and I, I'm saying, because if you look at, I think Jack Nicholson, it's so over the top and campy, and it's great, don't get me wrong. And it, probably he would, I mean, if he's getting a nomination, it's because it's, it's Jack, <laughs> you know, he's Jack Nicholson. Of course he's going to, ah, you know, so he's going to get nominated. It's not, but it's not his best performance, but it's, it's still really good. And it sets the tone for, for a really, and you know, if we think about it, a really great villain, but I think yeah, if in a weak year, maybe he gets nominated, but I just, if we're also measuring up against the Jack Nicholson of it, if you're looking at yeah. his career, you're just like, is it better than the other movies that he's been nominated for? 
it's not better than The Departed, and The Departed was over the top, but I mean, like, it's not you better might, I than... I don't think he was nominated for The Departed. I think Mark Wahlberg is, was the only one who shockingly got it best, uh, an, an acting nomination for that movie, which is... Oh, well... Which is really weird. Uh, I mean, well, not, not like, Mark Wahlberg's great in that movie. I'm just yes. surprised that no one else in that movie got nominated for an acting Oscar. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, I just don't remember what was up that field that year. But uh, to be honest, it's like, I think he would have gotten nominated because he's Jack Nicholson. But, like... Would I nominate that for Best Supporting Actor in a week year? Maybe, but it's not going to, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I have the, you know, I have the Joaquin, I can't get Heath Ledger out of my head, but. I, it's tough. It's tough, but like, I, I guess he could get nominated, but it's, like, it's not a slam dunk. For I'll say that. It's not a slam dunk. If we're talking like comic book movie nominations, like. Angela Bassett's a slam dunk nomination from Wakanda Forever. I don't think Jack Nicholson is a slam dunk nomination from Batman 89. I would say so. My answer to this would be I think he would have a slightly better chance of getting nominated today than back in 1989. Because like I said, I mean, look, he was I mean, just the fact that he got a Globe and a BAFTA nomination, like he had to have been in the mix. But I think I think he has I think he would have had a little bit of a better chance in today's landscape, because I will say this. I think the Oscars have been better about nominating kind of more comedic wonkier performances That's true. like i mean for ex- like for example you know at, at the time you're listening to this jamie lee curtis could have very well have won an oscar for everything everywhere all at once which is a very very wacky performance um so i think he definitely could have been one of the five best supporting actor nominations that uh if it was released today i will say this though um i believe that Jack Nicholson maybe getting close to getting nominated for an Oscar back in 1989. Again, going back to Dick Tracy, I think this paved the way for Al Pacino the following year actually getting nominated for his role as Big Boy Caprice and Dick Tracy. Mm. And I feel like that probably doesn't happen if you don't have Nicholson's performance the year before. I think you probably just needed a, like a year buffer to kind of get used to this type of you know crazy comic book performance. And then I think Al Pacino very similar kind of performance like totally outlandish crazy like very comedic but he actually gets in um so i think nick so look like we've had of course a lot of great joker performances you know we'll talk about that later um jack nicholson is absolutely one of those iconic and you know for me like i don't know i would have to really break down you know his imdb but i may put his role as the joker like maybe in his top 10 ever of roles i don't know i'd, I'd have to really take a look at it again it's still even to this day even though we've gotten two great joker performances since then it's still iconic for me um okay. but we move on to batman returns uh this movie did not win any oscars it did get two nominations uh one for makeup and then one for visual effects i want to start this we let's bring in uh the batman into this conversation as well let's do a little let's do a little makeup debate so here's the deal so batman returns gets nominated for best makeup as did the batman um and let's face it i in my opinion i think it's both for the same reason the penguin so you know we it actually alex and i believe talked about this in a previous in our batman returns podcast where it's basically like if you're you know if the penguin's in your movie you could very well get an oscar nomination uh bill let me ask you a little makeup debate uh more more deserving or more impressive devito's penguin or colin farrell's penguin in terms of the makeup farrell because you most people don't know it's him like that like you know that's danny devito like anyone who's for the last 30 to 40 years whether you've seen him in any of his movies or a jersey mike's commercial 
you turn on Bat like I could put my daughter in front of Batman Returns and she'll be like, Oh, that's the Jersey Mike's guy. Like she'll know who that is. It's great makeup, don't get me wrong. It's a it's it's such a wonderful gothic interpretation of the paint. It really is. It's wonderful. But it's a completely what they did with Farrell is they made him Tony Soprano and in so many ways. And they went against the you know, the giving the nose that looks like a beak, it like making him or making him like well, they I know Robin Lord Taylor was very, very skinny in Gotham, but uh check out his interview on the popbreak.com. Uh but I know it's just with with Farrell, it's just now become like we now because of this because Colin Farrell, who think about this twenty years ago, just like Hollywood bad boy, Colin Farrell, he's in he's in the he's in SWAT. And now he's like, oh no, he's like really good actor Colin Farrell multi-time you know he's nominated for an Oscar could win it and he's getting his own show on HBO in this role that's how great the makeup lent to the performance it really did so to me Farrell is the one who is the most impressive to me because it transformed an actor known for his looks uh and it made him but yet it, it, it turned and transformed him into something different and it, it that's that's pretty wild because a lot of times it's just like this dude under or this woman under makeup and they're giving a performance it tra- he was transformed and i think that's why he has the better makeup work in this one for me even though devito's is nothing to sneeze at yes i know it's it, of course the answer is colin farrell here but like let and and again i've said this a hundred times like you know i i I mentioned this in our last episode that we did our trailer rankings episode, which you should all definitely check out. It is a great episode of the Batman by the Numbers podcast. Uh, but I, t- I I talked about like I I even I knew that Colin Farrell was in the was going to be in the movie as the Penguin, obviously. But I was convinced when I watched that first trailer, like I oh I guess Colin Farrell wasn't in the trailer, and like I legitimately believed that. I was like, wait, that's that's him. It, it's incredible. I yes you unrecognizable like that is i mean there's there's nothing else to say it was incredible i'm sure you know at the time of recording this i'm sure it did not win best makeup it probably lost to elvis or the whale but i do just i, I gotta I, I gotta still mention devito's penguin which still was incredible the, the nose the oh, eyes yeah. it's such a, it's such a distinct look and yes yes you still know it's danny devito but you know it is it is a big reason why it brings out such a great character in Danny DeVito. So very, that is still very, very well deserving of a makeup nomination. It is fantastic. But yes, yeah, sacking up against Colin Farrell, it's 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 a loss. Um, we'll get back to Danny DeVito in a little bit. One other Batman Returns question I want to ask you, very similar to uh, the question I asked you about Jack Nicholson, is I want to ask you about Michelle Pfeiffer. And this is actually something that Alex and I did talk about as well when we did our Batman Returns podcast. With Michelle Pfeiffer's performance net an Oscar nomination in today's landscape. hundred percent. I really think so. She's like such a great part. Like I'm, I'm a little shocked that she wasn't nominated. I think she gives a fantastic performance here. Um, it's again, an iconic role. It was iconic in, in 1992. You know what I mean? Like it was like out the box iconic. And um, she just made, she is still Catwoman. She is the bar. No one has even come. I, and I like Dan Hathaway as Catwoman, but no one's hitting Michelle Pfeiffer, and I like Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, but like they they didn't hit where Michelle Pfeiffer. No one's hit that bar yet, and I think easily that's a slam dunk nomination for me. I think she could have got a nomination for this. Like I'm looking at who was the, even nominated that year, and I'm like, wow, she must have just missed. Um, 
And uh, yeah, because I mean, there's one, two prestige ones here. That's the Yermersa Tomei one uh, where, you know, Jack Palance famously just said her first name. He's like, Marissa. And then, like, it didn't even say her full name when it came to supporting actress when he read it. Uh, but I, uh, I I think Michelle Pfeiffer was a slam dunk for this, for sure. I, I literally have in my notes, yes, today it would be a slam dunk nomination. She's getting nominated in today's landscape, like, no question. And by the way, it would be one of those, it would be, if she did not get nominated today for that kind of performance oh on the movie, you, it would be one of those situations where if she didn't, the Academy would hear about it. Um, like, like and, if she was nominated today, like she would be brought in on like, like a, a throne carried in by like minions, and they would just hand her the Oscar, and they'd carry her out for the throngs of people out there to celebrate her. Like that's how much people would love that performance today. Like it would be like a no-brainer. I have to say though, you know, back in 1992, you know, you're saying like I kind of like surprised she wasn't nominated. I know it's, close. but it, it's not. But like I, I think for a couple reasons when you look back at Batman Returns, first of all, you know, look, it was still very early in the comic book days of like, well, we got to recognize this as prestige stuff. Um, I think part of it too is, even though Michelle Pfeiffer was the one element to that film that like everybody agreed on was incredible, you know, back in that time, like Batman Returns was a divisive movie. Not everyone loved it. So I think it's like, hey, this movie wasn't, even though it didn't add a couple Oscar nominations, I think people were kind of mixed on it. So it's like, if she didn't get nominated, I don't think the outrage was probably that much. No, because it wasn't that expected. So it's, you know, it's not that surprising that she wouldn't be nominated back then. Yeah, if you look um, at who was nominated, it's like two costume dramas, a Woody Allen film, my my cousin Vinny, which was a runaway smash, and uh, there's another one. It was like it's like a psychological drama that was starring you know Miranda Richardson and Jeremy Irons, who Jeremy Irons was like the dramatic actor of that era. You know what I mean? Everything he touched got nominated. So he's not far. From, you know, the year '89 when Batman '89 came out, he won for Klaus von Bülow. You know, so it's like he was it. So like that's. They were still in kind of that mode back then, not to look at films like this. You already mentioned this, too. It's like I what's so amazing about Michelle Fiverr's Calvin performance and what is still holds up to this day is that, you know, to this day, we have had two other Catwoman performances and both of which, by the way, are great. Mm -hmm. And Hathaway is great. Zoe Kravitz is great. But even still, in the eyes of many, Pfeiffer still holds that crown for that character. It has yeah. not been duplicated. It is. You know, when we did when um, in our second episode of this podcast, we did our cinematic villain rankings, um, which, you know, Heath Ledger obviously won. But, I, you know, I had I had Danny DeVito and Michelle Fiverr's Catwoman as two and three, even ahead of all the other Nolan villains. And uh, it is. Yeah, it is an incredible performance. Um, definitely the legacy there for that character. All right. Well, we move on to Batman Forever, which this is when, I, when you sent me this. First off, let me give you this little background. First off, I loved this movie as a kid. It was one of my favorite movies. So did I. Yeah, but like, also the fact it was dominated for multiple Oscars. I was like, when you sent me that, I had to look it up because I'm like, I don't believe Dan. I don't believe this is real. And then, surprise, it's real. <laughs> What's so funny is, you know, you say that, and um, I was literally about to say before you cut me off, I was like, Batman Forever, shockingly nominated for three Academy Awards. Batman Forever is a three-time Academy Award nominated movie. Didn't win anything. All right, but here, here are the nominees it got, okay? Best Sound. Best sound effects editing, 
but it got a best cinematography nomination, which is like it's not an above line award, but it is one of the more high profile, you know, lower key awards of one of the more high profile below the line awards. And it's a big nomination. Bill, let me ask you, you mentioned you love this movie as a kid, but why do we think Batman Forever got a best cinematography nomination? Because uh, they forgot to nominate Apollo 13. That is so funny. You see, I literally have in my notes, shockingly, Apollo 13 came out this year and was not nominated. Yeah, I mean, this was going to be Braveheart altogether. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those weird things where it's just like, really, this is what you're doing? This is what you're doing, Batman Forever? I Like, it's cool. Like, it's, it does, it's not a bad looking movie. And it's like, it's it, I mean, there's some good shots in this. But a, a Apollo 13 exists. And that still is a very bonkers uh, nomination. I mean, so this, as Bill mentioned, the loss of Braveheart was, I'm sure, was a slam dunk back in, you know, back in the day when, you know, people were doing prognostications or whatever. But yeah, I, I literally, yes, I had my notes. Shockingly, Apollo 13 came out this year and Batman Forever got nominated and Apollo 13 was not. Like, I don't know. It's fine. I guess I was trying to think of, I bet if I watched this movie recently, I could probably think of some of the better examples of why it got nominated. But I don't know. You got the Batmobile driving up uh, the side of a building. I mean, there's that. Uh, it's very bright and colorful, I guess. I mean, the Riddler's hideout does like does look cool, and the way it's shot is cool, and it does have a distinct yeah. look. You have some sweeping shots of like Batman kind of flying yeah. through the air and like jumping through the glass yeah. ceiling. So I mean, it's not like so. I mean, like I can some yeah. semblance of what I Yeah, but. We're going to nominate Batman Forever over Apollo 13. That is I mean, really weird. I feel like they were just at that point that year, because, I mean, you're coming off 90, 94 Oscars, which are just, like, the greatest year for film. But then it's like, oh, by the way, so 95 was just like, oh, we're just giving everything to Braveheart, so does it matter? <laughs> you know, it's like Braveheart was winning that, you know? So it was like, I guess they, I don't know. <laughs> it makes no sense, Dan. It really doesn't. And I don't hate the movie. It just doesn't make sense. Well, congratulations to Batman Forever for getting a Best Cinematography nomination. Uh, but we move on to a movie that did not get any Oscar nominations. Uh, it's called Batman and Robin. And why are we talking about it? Well, I was just—I'm just curious. I do—I want to—I want to play, play a little game here, Bill. If you had to nominate this movie in one Oscar category, what would it be? I'm curious. I have my—I—I I feel like we might have the same answer, but I'm curious. What would be your answer for this? I have three potential ones. Ooh, okay. Okay, so which which is now uh, production design? I think it was very garish. It was very over the top. I mean, you could nominate for that. I wouldn't, but you know, you guys see yes. hair, um, hair and makeup. Okay, yeah. Hair yeah. and makeup, and probably sound. I, I it could sneak in for a sound effect, but like freeze, sound design. Sound the freeze gun. Yeah, like, I mean, come on. Someone had to come up with that. Someone had to come up you, with Bane screaming. You didn't mention mine. I this is, see. I I think it would probably be best costumes because I I have. Oh. I forgot. I thought that yeah, I melded into say, something. Yeah, best costumes. Makes sense. The, yeah. the Mr. Look, you could say what you want about Arnold Schwarzenegger's performance, but the Mr. Freeze costume. It was is, cool. And Poison Ivy. Yes. And I actually, I mentioned this uh, in the last podcast we did, actually. Um, this came up and I talked about how years ago I went on the Warner Brothers studio tour and they had like all the Batman costumes on display oh, and everything. Cool. And seeing the Mr. Freeze costume in person is like pretty impressive. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, like if that's one of those that's that's one of those examples of bad movie, but you can recognize it in, you know, sort of like that individual achievement. Like, I don't have any issue with that. But, um, no. you know, but again, like it's one of those deals where the movie was so bad and, you know, just ripped apart and ripped to shreds that it wasn't getting 
anywhere near like an Oscar nomination. Like, you know, when you look at Suicide Squad, 2016 Suicide Squad, my Yeah, favorite, that won a friggin' Oscar. <laughs> that won an Oscar for Best Makeup. But even I said at the time, as yeah, it, the biggest it, attractor of Suicide Squad there is, like, I was like, yeah, I can recognize some good makeup there. That's fine. And that's one of those examples where the movie was at least successful. And there were some people who did like that movie. So it's easier for that to, you know, get into one of the Oscar categories. Oh, I heard there's a, I heard there's a better cut of that movie out there that people okay. are refusing and to. We <laughs> right along, right along. Um, okay. So we move into uh, Batman Begins. Um, uh, continuing on from cinematography. So this was the only, this was the lone nomination that Batman Begins got was best cinematography. Um, this is, of right. course, Wally Pfister, um, who, of course, you know, had a very long working re- relationship with Christopher Nolan. He eventually won, of course, for Inception. I don't think anyone's going to argue yeah. with that one. Um, yeah, I like for me, Batman Begins, very deserving of this nomination, obviously, because for here, here's the reason for me is that it brought a whole new look to comic book movies, you know, for a while comic book movies in the late 90s early 2000s just looked really really bland you know same kind of look but it's like this one came along and it looked like something that a comic book movie really hadn't looked before it looked very epic very very epic looking so it was i'm sure it was not surprising that this movie got a best cinematography nomination right no like i always think of the the l train like the elevated train scene like i always i always think of that one as cinematography i think of the early stuff where he's First meeting Raz al Ghul. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. It really is. And like Daniel, like you're saying, there's like there was a time like in the late '90s, early 2000s, where you kind of like everyone thought The Crow was the way to go, where it was just everything was very turgid and very very dark and grimy. Like I remember it's like Spawn and all this other stuff. Let's make it dark, Daredevil, um, which watch the show, not the movie. But it was still goofy. You know what I mean? But this took it seriously. It landed a cachet of like drama and prestige. It really, this is when the prestige part of comic book movies have really started. You mentioned the train shot. I, I have to think too that that's a good example. I got to think too that a big reason why this got nominated was because you also you look at the poster for this movie and it's like it's the bats and the way that oh, the yeah. bats always like surround Bruce Wayne. Also, the shot of him. I believe it was the scene when he's at Arkham Asylum where he basically like he's you know he's he's shooting down all the floors and the bats and the bats are surrounding him yeah i think it's when he's escaping there from the cops and that i mean that looked glorious um so yes i mean it was it was the only nomination for Batman begins unfortunately but a very very well deserving one uh but okay we move on now to of course the movie that we already talked about at the beginning that obviously out of all the other batman movies not counting joker had the most oscar nominations the dark knight um as we've already mentioned no best picture nomination but it, this 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 got every technical category under the sun that you could imagine, right? It got eight Oscar nominations. Best Supporting Actor, of course, we all know. Best Sound Editing. And those are the two that it won, by the way. And then it was also nominated for Cinematography, Film Editing, Art Direction, Makeup, Sound Mixing, and Visual Effects. Um, and, of course, like I said, it won two of those. Obviously, Heath Ledger won. Who, and, who, took, those, uh, who took those technical awards? Uh, I would definitely have to look that up, but I would say that. But I want to now the the one that it did win, um, sound editing. Now that has to be because of the bad pod. So shout out to the bad pod. For um, sure. But I would. But I want to. I want to ask you this. We've already. We've already bemoaned the fact that the Dark Knight did not win best. Pic- I mean, was not nominated for best picture. Um, 
in today's landscape, it would have been a, like it's a slam dunk block for best picture. Like it's gay. It would it would it would get in. Right. Uh, let me ask you this. Not only would it be nominated, do you think it could win win the best picture in today's landscape? Hmm. Yes, I think it could have. I, I definitely think it could have, should have, and um, would have won. Um, oh, by the way, best cinematography goes to Slumdog Millionaire. Effects went to Benjamin Button, which I don't agree with at all. Benjamin Button. I'm going to say that Slumdog Millionaire won editing. Uh, Benjamin Button got makeup. Costume design went to. Oh, we didn't get that. Editing went to Slumdog Millionaire, which I, I understand that. But Benjamin Button, that movie. I don't know. I go back and forth on that. I like that movie. Um, I think it would have. I think it would have. You know, especially I think it was, like we said, like such a cultural moment. Like such a, like it's head and shoulders above most comic book movies. Most. I'm not going to say all, but most comic book movies. It give it delivered an all-time performance from Heath Ledger. Um and it's just a it and it made you know if you, it and it made a ton of money so it hits all the the big marks and it's a really well made film so I think if you're gonna knock the Dark Knight for anything if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, blaspheme against the Holy Grail I guess people what could hold it back was the Bale Batman voice I mean if we're gonna if we're gonna nitpick you know what I mean so, yeah. so because that's what it comes down to a lot of times with Oscar stuff it's like what is here's a small breadcrumb that could turn into a narrative that you know we people run with um i think that's the one thing but you know otherwise i think this could have easily won uh especially if you look throughout the years um some of the films that won or have been nominated like some are been weak years if dark knight plopped in and any of those years probably would have just crushed it um but i also feel like it not winning those technical awards i mean hindsight is 2020 slumdog millionaire at the time another big cultural moment that was a since uh, that was a box that was a season. monster that award season that was a huge box office sensation um it was it was a dazzlingly edited film uh it was really creative and benjamin button at the time remembers david fincher brad pitt kate blanchett a lot of prestige in that so that was a front runner even though we kind of look back on that now like we don't talk about slumdog millionaire that much we kind of have by the way surprisingly did not get any acting nomination it's uh, zero it's one bit. although i mean same thing with parasite though too no pair no yeah. acting noms but dev patel but dev patel might be mr fantastic soon so we don't know but um it's also dev patel's had a hell of a career so i mean like yes, he has so you know his oscar will come one day um yes Freda pinto a career that I thought was going to be bigger because I think she's talented, but I think that still could maybe I'll change. Uh, but yeah, Benjamin Button, like we look back on that now, we're like, eh, a little heavy handed, maybe not as good, but it, that's again, it's hindsight, you know, those movies were monsters at the time. But I think Batman, I think Dark Knight, if it had been nominated at that time, could have had a really good chance to win, but then plop it in anytime in the last 15, just whatever math years it's been to now, uh, what could have won easily. I so I. I think that the Dark Knight, if you're talking about like, I'll say like 2016 to 2019. So for me, that range was like peak comic book movies being appreciated for, you know, as like prestige movies. Okay. And so like, for example, 2017, you had Logan Breakthrough in a screenplay nomination, which I think was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, you wrote a whole time. piece on that. And so. Right. Uh, I, that's right. I think I did. And so then, but then of course the following year, 
Black Panther, of course, broke the barrier and was actually nominated for Best Picture. And so I think a movie like The Dark Knight and then, of course, in the following year, and we'll talk about this a little later, you know, with Joker, um, of course, got nominated like everywhere. But I would say that so in that sort of range, if you had a movie that was this good, like The Dark Knight, I think it I think it could very well have won in one of those years. I will say this, though. I think now in like the last couple years, The Dark Knight definitely gets nominated for sure, like no question. But I think it may have a tougher time winning than in those years. Here's why is because now and I know this is like an overused term, but like now comic book fatigue really is setting in and there really is starting to like I think it's moving a little bit backwards where now there is more of a backlash of like we're really sick of these movies. And so it probably would be tougher for it to win. Even though, look, comic movies are still getting nominated for some big awards. And at the time we record this, Angela Bassett could have very well won an Oscar in a comic book movie. But still, I think when you're talking about Best Picture winner, even though The Dark Knight is seen as like a straight up crime drama, I think the fact that there's a lot of people out there who are just sick of looking at comic book movies, it might be tough for them to be awarded best picture especially when you think about you know the whole preferential ballot thing you know there's going to be a lot of people i'm sure who would like rank the dark knight you know would have ranked the dark knight as like you know in the bottom of their ballot which would make it tougher to win so you know we'll I, see I if it kind of like, we'll see if it kind of bounces back up and you know if you know if there's some really really great comic book movies down the road um one which we'll maybe talk about in a little bit when we talk about the batman a little bit later but I do think in like the 2017, 2019 range, I actually think the Dark Knight probably does win in one of those yes. years. I think it really does. But I think now, because we're a little overstuffed with comic book movies, while it gets nominated, there could be some annoyance towards it. Um, but we do. We're, we're talking about the Dark Knight. We of course we got to talk about Heath Ledger. Um, look, of course, like one of one of my favorite acting performances I've ever seen. We like Heath Ledger, the Joker, awesome. We all know that. Legendary, 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 legendary. Um, of course, there was no question when he got nominated, he was going to win. And so here's the question I pose to you. Do you think we're, we're approaching the 15 year anniversary of The Dark Knight? Uh, do you think that Heath Ledger was the in the last 15 years? Do you think Heath Ledger was the most dominant, biggest acting Oscar lock of the last 15 years? And I, I do have some names here, but I want to see if you have anyone that rivaled him in the last 15 years. Anyone as big a lock as Heath Ledger? Man, there had to have been like I've got some I, names here. I felt like yeah, because uh, I thought like the next year like Jeff Bridges was pretty much a lock, but you still had Colin Firth. Yep. Um, uh, no, sorry, that was the, the you know I got the years wrong. Colin Firth won for the King's Speech. I mean, there's always some that are just stone cold locks. You know what I mean? We just know they are, but unfortunately, it's just <laughs> nothing's coming to mind at the moment. Uh, so who are some names that you have, Dan? Let, let me throw some names at you. So I thought about, so I, d- I did a little research on this one. So I have, here are some big locks that I had. Sandra Bullock winning for the blind side. Yes. I think that one was a runaway. I've got Christoph Waltz, best supporting actor for Glorious Bastards. Um, and uh, ironically enough, I also have Christian Bale in The Fighter. He was a runaway oh, train he was. Oh, no, no, no. He was, I think that might have been even, even... So it's a little different. Oh, so you said, so, you, so th- it seems like that might be okay. So that I'm gonna highlight that one. I want to go through some other yeah. ones here. I feel like when Christopher Plummer won for Beginners, a movie I have not seen, but I have to think he was like a dominant lock to win that one. Uh, um, not as dominant as you think. I think people were like, "Yeah, he's probably gonna win," but I was. You might, you might, you might be right about that one. Here's here's one though. I think you will agree with me. 
So I J.K. Simmons and Whiplash, yeah. which is oh, one yeah, of yeah. my, which is one of my favorite yeah. Kent performances ever in a motion picture. For sure. Uh, so that that one was a massive lock. And I also have actually Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah. He was a runaway train that year for best supporting actor. Um, yeah. But the was. but the other one I have I is ironically enough is Joaquin Phoenix winning for Joker best read act and best lead actor. Yeah. He was a massive. I'm not going to read you who he was competing against. Adam driver marriage story. Yeah. Okay. Solid. Um, Jonathan price, the two popes, a hey, whatever. Um, but then probably his two biggest competitors, Antonia Banderas and pain and glory, which is a very, very like big oh, Oscar type performance, but For it's sure. probably a movie that just didn't get as seen as much. Um, but then also maybe his biggest competitor this year was maybe Leonardo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood. But, uh, but again, I, I, but I again, that's like that. a more, but that's like a more comedic kind of performance. So, I, I mean, so I think he, Daniel Day so Lewis for Lincoln was pretty much a lock. I don't remember. I remember doing the research and I was like, he's probably a big lock, but I think I remember reading a couple games where it was maybe a little bit questionable. You're probably right. But, um, yeah, I it's so. But again, I say let's say that like Heath Ledger, massive dominant lock for that character, and I I, I don't I don't know if I anyone don't, really. Here's here's him. why maybe, he was maybe Simmons or Bale. Maybe so here's Simmons. why he was the lock, and I mean this respectfully, is because he passed away. Because this was his last role, he passed away, and it was such an iconic role, and that's kind of like built the also built the mystique around the 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 curiosity around the role too was he had passed and this was his last role and you just heard all these stories about how great he was and he was great i mean there's no denying how great he was but i think also due to the fact he had passed like it was like everyone was going to vote for him it was a lock you know it was and also he wasn't really he didn't have even if he had you know if he hadn't tragically passed away i think he was a lock to win it because that competition that year wasn't i don't think the strongest but like it, maybe like Josh Brolin and Milk or something, but yeah, it was. Oh god, don't get me started on that. Um, Milk. I mean, Sean Penn should not have. Mickey Rourke should have won for that. Sean Penn. I, but it, I, it's hardly just, agree. And Milk's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, it is. But um, yeah, I just look at it like because of everything surrounding it, he was the biggest lock because he it was a posthumous award. But to me, I mean, I feel like if I'm gonna say like if there's a one A to that argument. Um, man, I felt like Christian Bale in the fighter was like everyone who was just like, pack your bags. There's no reason for you to attend. Chris, this is the Christian Bale award this year. That's what I felt with that one. I think that's probably. Yeah, I think it's that one. Or I, I think I might lean towards J.K. Simmons, who was just. Yeah, they were. It was both of those. No way. No he way. was going to lose that award. No way. Um, there you go. So we will move on to the dark Knight rises now, which is also another movie that did not get any nominations, but I do want to talk about this just for a little bit um, because it's sort of, it's, it's surprising and not surprising because I think with the dark Knight rises, you know, the fact that it was such a big movie and there was so much hype around it. And I do remember talking to one of my good friends at the time who was like, Oh, well the dark Knight rises is definitely going to get nominated for best picture because it's going to be like the makeup call, you know, to end all makeup calls. Right. I think everyone just assumed, but at the end of the day, it got zero nominations. And I, I think the answer to this question is very easy, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because I remember at the time, why do you think there was, really little outrage over this. It just kind of seemed to come and go when it didn't get any Oscar nominations. Why is that? Because it was the, it's the Jackie Brown effect. 
it's the movie after the it's the movie after the big one so to everyone the bar was set to an un, unattainable level for this film i remember you actually went to a, an imax screening of something and actually wrote a review not only of that film the prologue yeah you wrote about the prologue like you wrote the, so that was before the film you went to see you reviewed like i had that within two hours of you seeing the other film that's how much that meant to you as a Batman fan. I think fan. it was Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, yes. Which is a fantastic movie. Uh, yes, it, and we're um, and you'll be on Socially Distanced to talk about Mission Impossible at some point, because we're doing a whole rewatch on that bad boy. Uh, so uh, I, it's just, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but it's just, it, it, it it's not as great as Dark Knight. And it was never going to be as great as Dark Knight. And it, it's a perfectly strong movie, but there's nothing about it that stood out from an acting performance um, to get nominated there. Even though could I have Fair, seen, I know I could, there have been a technical award. I think it was just people just for like, it wasn't the dark night. Uh, we're not nominating for anything. And I felt like they just thought, eh. they was just a big shoulder shrug on that thing. I think people saw that movie at that time as a letdown. Well, that, I mean, so that's exactly it. I, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, the, the Jackie Brown comparison is really interesting. Um, my only good that, movie theory ever. I, I think that carries over, but yeah, it's like you would think like, oh, wait, how could the Dark Knight Rises not get any nominations? But yeah, I think it was, and it's, look, the movie, the movie was well-received generally. Like, it sure. got very good critic ratings, obviously made a ton of money, um, and I think, you know, fans were split on it, but I don't think anyone, you know, there was like a few people that really had like a, like a you know, really disdain for it, but not really. I think in general, the consensus was, hey, look, it's not the Dark Knight, but this is still like a very good movie. And that was pretty much my opinion. I mean, you know, I was like when I first saw I've talked about this a lot, you know, especially in this podcast. When I first went to go see The Dark Knight Rises, and again, build up to the Dark Knight Rises completely took over my life. Um and I like know. when I first when I first yes, you're well aware. And so when I first saw The Dark Knight Rises, I was literally I literally said to myself in the theater, I'm about to see the greatest movie ever made. Um so when I first saw it, I was massively disappointed, but I was like, all right, I've got to just take a step back and I've got to go see it again. I mean, and so then I was, and then small I was, expectations going into it. I'm going to see the greatest piece of cinema that ever cinema. I mean, it was it was it was ridiculous. It was absurd. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it was actually that movie. That movie taught me a very valuable lesson, which is just to you know don't don't have any like that's how I went into the Fourth Awakens. I was just like, let's just see how this is, and I ended up loving the Force Awakens. I'll be honest with you, like I think the Dark Knight was one of those movies that did the same for me too, because it was like my expectations. I don't I'm not as, uh, you know, gushy about Batman as you are, but like I love The Dark Knight. It's a top 10 to 25 movie for me just because I haven't done I haven't done rankings, so I don't know where it would land. It's not Point Break. Sorry. Uh, So it's like that's easy. Uh, But it's 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 a top all time movie for me. But when you go into that, you're like, top it. And they don't top it. It's still a good movie, though. And I think that was the thing we all, but do we all go back and celebrate that movie? Do we all talk about iconic shots from that movie? No, we don't. We don't even talk that much about Batman Begins. I'm saying in general, in the quote unquote, the discourse, we don't really go back and talk about The Dark Knight as much. It's a very good movie. Like if you're going to put it up against, I'll just say other DC related properties, it's going to be in the top five to top 10. But like when we're talking about like, you know, the the distance between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises is uh, a couple country miles. I, I for a while had like when I was kind of like, how do I rank these three? Obviously, Dark Knight's number one. But like you know, when I 
I, I always had Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins very, very close for years. But now I can kind of look back and say, like, Batman Begins is the second best of that trilogy. But I think, look, at the end of the day, I think the note and the legacy of the Dark Knight Rises is that I think people appreciate it. I think people recognize it's very flawed. But I think that they can appreciate that it has certain moments that are yeah. really, really grand and good. And I think everyone in general agrees that it's a very, very good ending to Nolan's trilogy. Yes. So it it's like, it's like, hey, is it the Dark Knight? No, it's not the Dark Knight. Is it the worst of the Nolan trilogy? Probably. But it's still a very good movie. Um, but yeah, but I think but at the end of the day, it goes back to what we were talking about before. Why was there no outrage? Um, it's because, you know, people were split on the movie. And that's really it. All right. Let's move on to also another movie that did not get any nominations. And uh, I, I just wanted to bring this one up because I feel like you might have some thoughts on this one. I'm curious. Uh, the Lego Batman movie, not nominated for best animated feature. So let me just ask you this very simply. Uh, is this as big of a snub as the Lego movie not getting nominated for best animated feature? No, no, no. Okay. I like, so you don't like the Lego Batman movie, really? You wrote a oh, whole thing cool. about... Okay, that's no, no, not. So I, it's you didn't get the okay. hype around it. I I find it to be a very fun and charming movie. I would watch it anytime it's on TV. It's a very fun movie, but the Lego Movie was a bit of a ground. You know, that was kind of a groundbreaking movie, and it was really smart and it was really well done. And I think it could have knocked off any uh, number of ones. I know people get tired of hearing that argument about this movie, but I just think it was a it's a much better movie. This was the third iteration of Legos in a movie so like on a big scale so no it's not a, it's not a crime against humanity that that it didn't get nominated uh so let me just read off who did that would movie that did get nominated for best anime feature i got them right here uh so basically this award was who has the honor of losing to coco so like I mean, yes <laughs> that's a great so, movie <laughs> so coco ferdinand loving vincent the breadwinner I, I don't think i've never heard of loving vincent or the breadwinner i mean i probably I did when i was looking at the oscars back then but so Coco Ferdinand, Loving Vincent, the breadwinner, and then the boss baby, which look, and this is one of, okay, now hold I know, on. I know, no, be, because be it, fair. It, there has 7,000 sequels to it, to which I'm like, God, oh, Christ, this thing. And look, I'm sure when people hear like, seriously, the boss baby got nominated over the Lego Batman movie, like, but like, to be fair, I've never seen the boss baby. Like to go back to the conversation that we had at the very was outset hit. of this podcast, it's a big you know, maybe it's good. Maybe it's good. I don't know. I think, but I, at the end of the day, like, just, and I, yes, I think I don't dislike the Lego Batman movie, okay, but I just think it was wildly overrated and I didn't really get it. Um, but it's one of those things when you compare it to the Lego movie, yeah, not even close. The Lego movie is like a legit movie that could have probably won that award. I would have to go back and take a look at what was nominated, but like that was like that was a shocking snub. And I think people still bring up the Lego movie as yeah. like one of the biggest snubs like ever. And so, and again, and I think at the end of the day, I, I think I had this opinion back then when the Lego movie didn't get nominated is my take was, I think it was just too meta into grading for the Oscars. Yeah. And now the Lego Batman movie is like on that scale times 20. So it wouldn't be shocking it's, at all. They the would best just be joke like, from that is no, about no, thanks. The best joke from that is about Lobster Thermidor, which I still make to this day. It's, it's great. You know, that, it's a great joke. It's a great gag. It's a great running joke. gag. All right, but we we have talked about the Lego movie, the Lego Batman movie in the past. Uh, so go yeah. check out our pilot episode on that one too. You can get more into our thoughts on that one. But we move on to the Batman, the current movie. 
the one that at the time Dan, of I think us... he, I think you skipped a movie. I think you skipped one of your favorite movies of all time. You know that flaming piece of shit that's Batman versus Superman. Oh, hold on, hold on. Okay, the, let, let's okay. Let 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 let's. I let's had to get it in once. Fine, fine, fine. Yes, I didn't even have I I didn't even have BBS as a talking point. Wow. Somewhere like, Zack Snyder is crying. It's not because like, I was Dan, trying to. It's fun. Hold on. It's not because I was trying to avoid it. It was just like there's nothing to say. I like. You're right. There should I like, never be. I like BBS. I like BBS. It was, but it even as someone who, yeah, but even as someone who likes it, it's like, I, where would you nominate? Like, I don't just, know. I mean, just effect, a, a, I guess. Like a, a passing microphone, maybe. Like, so there's just yeah, there's just nothing to say. BBS came and went, whatever. All right. Can I go one can I go one podcast oh, without us having to talk about ever. BBS? We're moving Never. on. The bad. Okay. I'm done. I'm here good. We. I told Alex I'd get only one shot in on you on it. I gotta get some water here. All right. Anyway, He's hot. He's hot. <laughs> we're talking about the Batman. Um mm. at the time of our recording this, the Batman is nominated for three awards. Uh it is nominated for we already mentioned one of these, makeup, of course the penguin, visual effects and sound uh bill let me ask you at the time of us recording this of course everyone knows listening out there what the oscar results are did the batman was it victorious in any of these categories go no unfortunately um i i i think the best shot it has is the whale uh sorry is the makeup department but i think that goes to the whale i'm actually trying to pull up our oscar pool now to to find out what i think when it on that. I'm going with Elvis on that one. I haven't seen Elvis, it's a, it's a so, I, so and I haven't seen the whale either. But I feel like the whale is going to get a bunch, and I think this is one of them. I could see Elvis winning it as well, uh, just for putting Tom Hanks in a in a fat suit uh, as the Colonel. Uh, when it comes to visual effects, I mean, man, uh, Avatar is going to probably lock that one up, no doubt. Um, because I mean, as much as I love the Batman, I mean, you, I mean, you can't bet against Avatar in that one. That movie is all visual effects. And what was the other one? Sound? Uh, yeah, I can safely say that Avatar won best visual effects. Congratulations. Uh, so we already, yeah, we already talked about makeup and sound. So that's the one I'll say, like, if you want to maybe say what its best chance I'm, I'm going to say know. like sound, yes. like never know. I'm going to go with Top Gun on that one. Long. Yes, I have Top Gun as well. But and then you second. enter our Oscar category. pool. Damn. The second that category is probably all quiet in the Western front. But like, yes. look, the category like sound, like you never know. But nah, the Batman did not win it. But like, hey, look, three nominations for the Batman, very solid, very solid. But here's what I really want to ask you about the Batman. We all, we all, we know that there's going to be a sequel. Let me ask you this: Will the Batman Part Two get a Best Picture nomination? Oh my gosh, I don't even know what the. Uh, the st- what, do we have an outline of what the plot's going to be? <laughs> you know nothing. Um, listen, I I was very surprised when how much I liked the Batman again, because I'll give the same argument to Spider-Man because it's like, how many Batman have I seen in the last 20 years or 25 years? And I've seen Val Kilmer. I've seen George Clooney. I've seen Christian Bale, all the, you know, all the people who've portrayed him vocally in animated projects. And now we got email Batman with Robert Pattinson. Like how good is this going to be? Spoiler alert. It's a hell of a movie. Um, they would have to really deliver, and I th- I like the world they've built. I think it's I thought the Batman was a really good movie. I ranked it very highly on the first episode we did. I don't. They would have to have, and I think this actually applies to the comic book fatigue. They would have to have a an amazing script here. They would have to have a Dark Knight level script for it to win. Because if you think about the palette, even though James Gunn says okay. 
the James Reeves, the, the Reeves Batman is separate from what we're doing. It's the like Elseworld, right. you know, it doesn't matter. There's still going to be a bunch of Marvel properties out there. There's going to be a bunch of DC properties out there. And it is a super saturated market, just like in the 40s and 50s. Every movie was a war picture or a cowboy film. Like There's so many comic book properties out there right now. It has to raise above the noise, and that script has to be the best script since for a comic book movie since The Dark Knight in the DC realm. Like that's how good it has to be. So I don't know. I think it has. Uh, it doesn't have a great chance to win because those scripts are very, very hard to find, and for it to stand out amongst the rest, because there probably will be good to great Marvel or DC films coming out within that time period too. So it's got to be great. I don't think it wins. Uh so. As we've discussed, I think so. I think the Batman. I, I I agree with you that I don't think it would win. Now, as we've discussed, the Batman pocket of comic book movies has been pretty successful at garnering big Oscar nominations, including Joker, which we'll get to in a minute, which I know you're excited about. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so so uh, when we look at Matt Reeves as Batman, I think that his Batman is trending in this kind of direction of comic book movies that are, you know, earnest, the serious comic book fair that can garner above the line Oscar nominations. Uh, and I think even the fact that this Batman movie got three Oscar nominations and honestly, in my opinion, I didn't predict this would happen, but I bet you that the Batman wasn't that far off from getting into the adapted screenplay category and getting nominated. I, I bet me. you it was. I bet. I bet you it was in the mix. Um, also, when we talk about Matt Reeves, you know he's someone who has been very highly respected now for a while, and he's had some really, really big, successful movies. Um, so, for me, I think that because of that, it does have a chance to be something really special now that they've established this world. Sure. So I think it definitely has a hell of a chance to be nominated for Best Picture. And I will actually I'll just I'll say it. I think the Batman 2 ends up getting nominated for Best Picture okay. because I think because I trust I trust the team and I trust that. They, and also, I really I think they're you know, I think it's still we got a while to go before this movie gets released. And so I think they really are able to um, really take their time on this script, as you said, and deliver something really special. And also now it's confirmed, you know, they don't have to be beholden to any kind of like shared universe thing. They can just operate in their own world. And so I think, and you can really tell too, and I've said this for a while now, ever since it was announced that Matt Reeves was going to be the director of the Batman, that you can tell, man, he really, really care. Like he really cares about this character. Um, and I think they're going to go for it. And so, yeah, I I think it's going to I think it will be even better than the first one. And if it's better than the first one, I think it does get into the best picture race. I think it does I, get nominated. I think there's a difference between getting into the race and winning, because I think oh, I can say, like well, I said, like, I don't think it would win. No. Black Panther has knocked down the door twice of, you know, being nominated for best picture. This film has the pedigree. Well, the sequel now the sequel not nominated for best oh, picture, but damn but it. but it's right. But, yeah. no, no, but it was no, in the conversation. But, but, it still, but it still has a big, but it still has one of the eight major nominations. Yeah. So I mean, like it's still it's still there. Like we could still you could still see it happen. All right. So that's the Batman part two. All right. So uh, Joker got to do it. Sorry, Bill. Uh, so not a Batman that's movie, fine. but there's no but there's no denying it. Uh, this to me is probably the most successful Oscar comic book movie ever. So now Black Panther certainly broke the barrier in being the first Bex picture nominee ever for a comic book movie. Joker took this to another level. 11 nominations, 11. 
And it got all the big ones. And I'm just going to read them off all right here. Joker, nominated for Best Picture. Joker, nominated for Best Directing. Nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, it, of course, was nominated and won for Best Actor. It was nominated and won for Best Score. Uh, those are the only two awards it won. And then it was also nominated for Cinematography, Costume Design, Makeup, Editing, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing. I mean, that's that's crazy. That is really, really a successful run of Oscar nominations. Um, so, Bill, I want to ask you this. So I know uh, in our I, I believe our third episode of the Babbitt by the Numbers podcast, you were like you vehemently said, I will never watch this movie. I'll just ask you this. When you saw that it got nominated for 11 Oscars, were you a little bit curious at seeing this movie after that? No. <laughs> is, that just, is that your answer? Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, it's cool. I, like, I, plenty, I, I, plenty I, of movies I, I don't want to watch get nominated for Oscars. I, 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 I just wanted to ask the question. Um, uh, what I, I'll ask you this, though, too, is um, we, all, we know that there's going to be a sequel, Joker, Joker Foley Adieu. Uh, just from an outsider looking in, Mm-hmm. Do you think this sequel will have a similar level of Oscar success? Well, I mean, it's a very imp- uh, so the reason, you know, as someone who's not going to watch the movie, I'm also not someone who's, you know, just completely shut off to the the conversations here. I mean, Joker got nominated because it was a very, you know, it was a different take on a character we've seen a lot. It's it was more of an homage in many ways from many people say to Taxi Driver and the King of Comedy and all these right. gritty Scorsese movies, which is a very different telling from what we've seen in the Joker. We've seen him be very uh, campy with Jack Nicholson. We've seen him be Cesar Romero painting over his mustache. We've seen him be, you know, Heath Ledger and just be like this kind of anarchist type character where now we go into this sad Pagliacci, the operatic clown type who goes on this vicious hellbent streak of chaos and destruction. And it was very different. And when you put a caliber actor like Joaquin Phoenix in the role, mm. things are bound to happen because Joaquin Phoenix ain't no slouch. He's one of the best dramatic actors we have in the business right now. But I, it's hard for me to say about the sequel because isn't a, a big part of this going to be like a musical? That's the rumor. So if that is, that is a very ambitious thing to do. And sometimes uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? So it is, that's a big risk. Will it work is the question. Now, if that was just all bunk and hooey and that's just, there's a musical scene, which is like, whatever, that's fine. I have no problem with musicals. Um, It's Lady Gaga adding to her, adding to that. She's uh, an Oscar nominee. Oscar winner, an Oscar nominee for acting, an Oscar it's winning for 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 song. For, for song. Yeah. Um, she's been in the conversation. I know it didn't get nominated, but House of Gucci, she was like very, you know, that was an early like, oh, is this another one she for Gaga? Been nominated, and I know people like I haven't seen movie, it, so I can't say. Movie's heavily flawed, but like her performance, like absolutely massive. Father, stuff. son, House of Gucci. I know that. Uh, but it, it's it. This is someone who's like, this isn't like a, a singer or a performer who. You know, just comes into a blockbuster. She picks her roles and to go into a role like Harley Quinn, which is been portrayed by some pretty incredible actresses, Margot Robbie and then vocally by Kaylee Cuoco. The Harley Quinn series, animated series, is very well received. Um, It's big shoes to fill, but I think she's I think she definitely could do it. I could see this if they go chalk, as we would say in the end, like when we're talking about March Madness. And this, you maintain that same level of creativity. 
that Joe first Joker had, I think you have a good shot of seeing it get nominated again and, and Gaga getting nominated as well. If they go way too ambitious, get believe their own press a little too much, uh, you know, be get a little overindulgent in the script and the performances, I could see this faltering uh, and not getting that because that's always the uh, that's always the problem. This so Joker two is essentially the it could be the Dark Knight Rises because you think where the Joker is, that's a huge that's like Todd Phillips' best work. I mean, we could all argue old school but you know that's we're just all being silly boys i mean yeah of course we're just being silly boys at this point um is you have that and then it's but well above that is the joker in terms of financial and critical success yes so he's got a hell of a lot of work to do and much like the dark knight rises that this could be a major letdown for people so it's not an easy one for me to predict but if they go chalk it has a better chance than most because of your cast i so, and I think that's a pretty I'll, fair thing for someone who, from uh, someone who's never going to watch well, the goddamn movie. I, I'll just, I'll, I'll say this, and you know, I've talked like, look, I, I like the Joker movie. I'm a fan, but it's one of those. I said this when we did that earlier episode a few months ago. Uh, I totally get why people don't like this movie, but it, like, it is what it is. But I, I, I just want to say this: is I'm fascinated to see how this all breaks down. I am absolutely fascinated just to see what this movie is how people respond to it and how successful it can be in, you know, following this massive success that we've talked about with Joker. And it's going to be really, really interesting because I think when you look at the first Joker movie, you know, it was so divisive, but you know, why did it get all these Oscar nominations? You know, why did it do so well? Um, Now a big part of it was because look, I think even detractors of the Joker would say like, yes, yes, we recognize Joaquin Phoenix was great in it, whatever. Um, So I think that's probably a big reason why it did as well as it did in Oscar nominations is it probably was able to ride the wave of Joaquin Phoenix. But, you know, it's one of those things where I think you had so many people that were so passionate for the Joker. It's a big reason why it got nominated for best picture. Um, You know, that's part of the reason why, you know, my favorite movie of 2022 Babylon, uh, which I reviewed on the popbreak.com is like, I thought that that, I thought that the wave of, because there's a ton of detractors in that movie, another very divisive movie, but it has so much passion behind it that I thought it would still garner a Best Picture nomination. It did not. But Joker, similar in the sense that it's because there's such a big fan base for it, it was able to do well with Oscar nominations. I think with this one, it's going to be really interesting to see because you had so many detractors from the first one that, you know, are people going to be, you know, sort of out for blood for this one to see like, oh, like, you know, no, like, we, we don't like the joke. We didn't like the first Joker movie. We definitely don't want to see the sequel get all these other Oscar nominations again. I don't know. But I don't I don't think I don't think so, because I think there's people who are just like, listen, uh, we didn't like this. I, I don't know how many of those people were in the Academy body or they were people like me or, you know, critics who were just like, you know, hey, man. And it, I don't think it has much. To, it, it was more about the again, I'll say reiterate the point is to the uh toxic i know that's overused but the fervor that revolved around it from the fan base who bought into this the ideology of it which i think is it's the reason i don't want to support it it's not because i don't like joaquin phoenix or todd phillips or zazie beats like i think they're all incredibly talented but it's it's just i don't want to support what the what has come out of this what this is inspired and kind of like a 
in many ways, like how I regret sometimes watching Fight Club because I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like the people who don't get it, don't get it in the worst possible way. And so I think there's people like that. But I think when we're talking about the artistic stuff that goes with this, I think that people will recognize the talent base. And I think Babylon, there were other reasons why it didn't get nominated or didn't get pushed as hard, which, you know, and I think that's the Brad Pitt of it all. Um, because of the controversy surrounding have, him, oh, I think that oh, I think that was a big factor, um, and I think that that that's why all of a sudden that push, those commercials, they 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 slow down a bit, you know what I mean? So what I what I was gonna say too, like next is like you know I think that for me as someone who enjoyed the movie The Joker, sure, um, I I and I think that Todd Phillips is a very very talented director, sure. My opinion, and Joaquin Phoenix is very talented, and so, oh, and I think I think that they're and look, I'm sure they're going to be very well compensated for this movie, but at the same time, I don't think they go into this if they don't if they don't think they have something really special here, and so I think, and again, Bill, to what you said though, you, you know, it is I it sounds like this is something that's going to be really really ambitious. Is it going to be too ambitious? You know, I don't know. We're going to find out. That's why I'm fascinated to see. Is if you know they're going to reach too high here, and it just it falls very very short of what the success of the first one was. But I also think that I'm at the end of the day, my answer to this is I am sensing a very similar level of success. And one of the reasons is because of the Lady Gaga element. Is I think that aspect is going to bring in uh, a very unique element, and it sounds like, and you can just you know, like look. We haven't even seen you know any teaser trailers. We really don't know anything about this movie other than the fact that there are rumors. You know, it could be a musical, right? Um, and so you can already sense that. Are we going to get a very, very, very special performance, an acting performance here from Lady Gaga? And yeah. I think that's very, very possible. And if we, and if we do, then like I said. I think very similar to how all these Oscar nominations rode the wave of Joaquin Phoenix, you could see a very, very similar situation here with riding the wave of Lady Gaga. Um, so that's why she'll have I a, she would it, have like, a huge she she would have a huge wave of support. You're right because a lot of people wanted her. A lot of people thought and, she she was very deserving of the win for A Star Is Born. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And she's fantastic in that movie. Um. So at the end of the day, like I'm just I'm fascinated to see how this all plays out. I. We'll, we'll see. Um, I'm just curious to see what this movie is. I really didn't think we would get a sequel to this movie, but here we are. We'll be getting it next year. Um, all right. That's Batman at the Oscars. I'm going to end it with a couple questions here. I want to stay on Joker for a little bit uh, because we've talked about the Joker a lot. And so throughout the history of comic book movies, the only two award, the only two major awards, the only two above the line awards. And what's really interesting here is as we talk about this, there could be now a third because as the time of us recording, Angela Bassett could have very well won for Best Supporting Actress. So that would be the third major Oscar award that a comic book movie has ever won. But other than that, the only two awards ever that a comic movie has won in major Oscar categories in one of the big eight are for two actors playing the Joker, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix, of course. So let me ask you this. Will another actor, a different actor playing the Joker ever be nominated for this character again? Maybe it'll be Barry Keegan. We don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think this, uh, the Joker's the type of role that is 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 designed for 
big performances for show stealing performances for uh and it's such a rich character that you could have these great dramatic performances remember one of the great jokers wasn't even someone we saw on screen it was mark hamill and we think of one of mark hamill's best roles is is probably the joker more than luke skywalker to be honest with you in terms of performance um you know we we've also seen bad jokers i mean who's clamoring for jared leto nobody so maybe jared leto uh so but i mean the thing is if you get someone like barry keegan in there who is a very good actor who is also nominated for an oscar this weekend he it like that it's it's also a role that attracts people like him and it attracts people like jared uh sorry jared yeah like jared leto hey he's an oscar winner like joaquin phoenix like heath ledger and like uh, probably in, and like jack nicholson so it has attracted some of the best like actors out there and it still will the thing I would like to see, Dan, to complicate this argument is there is a wealth of other bat villains out there that I think that could be as equally as interesting. And I think Paul Dano was terrific as the Riddler. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I don't think it was enough of uh, he had enough screen time to really get that best supporting actor uh, category. Also, this year, best supporting actor is pretty stacked. You know what I mean? It's a it's a, it's a mean, street fight. Tough break for Paul Dano, too, because he was supposed to be nominated for another movie. And he didn't get in. Uh, and he's great in the Fablemans. He's great yeah, in the Fablemans. I've heard he's excellent in that as well. And then like, but if you look at the best supporting actor list, it's it's bonkers. You know, you have two two people from the Banshees of Inisherin. I mean, it's 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 a street fight. Like I said before, of who could really win. You know what's funny is we talk about Barry Keegan, and we talked about heavily in our pilot episode when we were ranking the Batman movies, where I I hated the Joker cameo in the Batman. It was so forced. It just like oh, it's terrible. It there, it's terrible. Um, but that's has nothing like nothing to do with the actor like Barry. I think we can all agree like Barry Keegan. That's a good choice for the Joker. Yeah. So and it's so funny, too, because I like literally I was just watching the Banshees of Inisherin again last night for a second time, which is a movie I'm a massive fan of. It, and yeah. it's like and I'm sure it did not win Best Picture. But, you know, that along with maybe Top Gun Maverick would have been my pick. Um, and he is he really is great in that movie. He is great. And it's also um, and so yeah, like Ki Hu Kwan looks like he's gonna probably he's probably got the win yeah, in the I, back. Yes, he, but he, I mean, he, it's, yes, he probably it's but it's it, like, I wanna see more from I wanna see just there are other villains out there in this bat universe. And I think Colin Farrell is really good as the penguin and hey, maybe maybe, maybe snags an Emmy. Who knows? But I, you know, we were just about maybe maybe the second Batman movie focuses more on him because that's another thing I think that makes this question tough is very like we don't really know how like is the Joker really going to play a role at all in this sequel? We don't really know. No. Maybe the story does focus a lot on Colin Farrell's Penguin. I don't think and, it you know will what, if it, it, he has it, his own you, show. That's why you know what, the show though? is happening. I still don't think that stops that from getting a really needy script for him in the Batman too. And you know what? If there's a big focus on him, you can absolutely get it's Colin Farrell. Like you could absolutely get nominated for playing the penguin as a supporting role. Multi time nominee if, Colin Farrell. If my theory is true that I think the Batman part two can garner a best picture nomination, why not one of the actors and why not one of the villain roles? It could definitely happen again. But that's a really good point. It's like the Joker is a great character. Maybe we'll see him nominated for an Oscar again. Maybe it will be Barry Keegan. But yes, you I, wholeheartedly agree with you there. It's part of the reason why we're I'm doing a Batman by the numbers podcast. Plenty of other great Batman villains uh, to talk about as well. And we'll end it with one other question here. Will a Batman movie ever win Best Picture? You can never say never. So, I mean, like, sure, you know, I mean, sure it could. 
I mean, a Marvel movie, I guess, could win it one day, too. Uh, the Batman movie. Batman has, if you're talking about any comic book property, what has the best shot? It's probably Batman. It's probably Batman. Because the history, history, the history has shown that. The history has shown it. Oh, it has, it has the better story. I would say that, so I think the Batman 2 and the Matt Reeves kind of Batman world would probably be its best chance because I think going forward, and don't get me wrong, like I'm really excited for what the James Gunn DC world is going to do for Batman. Um, I think that it might be tough for once we get into those types of movies, though, where we're talking about like Batman and Damian Wayne and sort of Batman in like a shared universe, then I think you're probably moving away from the, you know, the kind of like the serious fair a little bit and the more sort of like um, more like earnest, serious type comic book movie of Batman. And so I think if you're introducing Damian Wayne into the picture, a character like him, and if you're introducing Batman to a shared universe world, then you're probably going to get crazier wackier batman movies which by the way i'm fine with like i'm again like i'm all for seeing batman in a shared universe like i i want to see it so that it all works for me as long as hey if the script's there and the movie's good let's do it but i think once you do that it will probably be harder for the batman character to garner like you know more prestige type oscars but we'll see but you know we'll i mean yes i mean the answer to this question is you never know but um i think it would probably I think it would probably be more in the Matt Reeves world. And even yeah. that would be, I mean, it's going to be very, very tough. It will be very, very tough. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, that is our Batman at the Oscars conversation. Uh, Bill, where can people find you? You got anything to plug? Go away. Sure. I, uh, of course, I'm the editor in chief of thepopbreak.com. We've been doing this for 14 years. Uh, check us out, thepopbreak.com, at thepopbreak on Instagram, at thepopbreak on Twitter. If you're looking for anything I've written, uh, I'm reviewing The Mandalorian every single week, so you can check that out. Post Oscars, I'll have an editorial feature on the film RRR and why it was one of the best movies of last year and why you should be watching it. Hey, it's a great movie. Uh, and uh, I also am the host of the Socially Distanced Podcast, which is the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. Dan has been on a few episodes. He'll be joining us again this year, uh, probably to talk about Mission Impossible or probably some other DC thing. Uh, you can find us on at Socially Distanced Podcast and all your favorite streaming platforms. Right now we're doing our The Last of Us and Mandalorian split review series. Once The Last of Us is done, we'll still be continuing on with The Mandalorian. Uh, I also am the uh, one of the co-hosts of the TV Break podcast, which drops once a month on the Pop Break TV feed. I am the host of the Anchored in Asbury interview series, which drops monthly on the Pop Break Today feed. And finally, I am the Bill in the Bill versus the MCU podcast, uh, which is a, pot, a Marvel first watch podcast for most of it because I famously just stopped watching it and then last year i rewatched all the mcu films this year we are doing all of the mcu netflix series and currently i am uh, just about finished and we'll be recording uh right before the oscars on daredevil season two and dan if you've never watched daredevil on netflix i have uh I'm, as someone I, yeah as someone who's uh, as bill knows has been a uh has been a detractor on the marvel cinematic staunch universe, most detractor. mostly i do like some movies i will say though I'll, there's I, I i do like a lot of the netflix series and I, I do like i do like daredevil but the one i remember uh the first season of jessica jones was pretty spectacular i do is, remember watching it's a good that one. one it's probably really, a couple it episodes really yeah. too long but Watch it for David Tennant and Kristen Ritter. They are spectacular. So that is me, and I'm glad to uh, – you'll hear me a few more times this year on this podcast. Yes, you uh, will. Filling in for Alex or just guesting with Alex. 
Uh, yes, and you can find me at Decon Writer at Twitter, Decon Writer at Twitter, and again, Batman by the Numbers podcast. We do this every month. Uh, please, 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 if you haven't, check out some of our previous episodes. I always push our pilot episode, which I think is great. It's uh, me, it's Bill, it's Alex Marcus. We're ranking the Batman movies. It's a really, really good discussion. It's a good deep dive in all the Batman movies. Also, please check out last month's podcast, which was, uh, for me, it's a personal favorite of mine. We're ranking all the Batman trailers throughout history. It is a crazy episode, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did that with Alex Marcus and DJ Chapman, and we had a lot of great conversations about some of the trailers um, where I make a passionate, passionate defense for the Dark Knight teaser trailer. So that's the kind of conversations you get here. And check out, please, some of our past rankings episodes as well, um, including ranking the Batman cinematic villains. And we, I alluded to it a couple times as well. Um, Alex and I did a Batman Returns podcast, too, uh, just talking Batman Returns, which is my second favorite Batman movie. Uh, but that's going to do it for us. That is the Batman by the Numbers podcast. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>